The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks for joining us again as we continue in our study through the life of Christ and Matthew's gospel. We're glad you're with us as we finish out this week together. Again, we are in Matthew chapter 23, if you're following along with us. Uh, We got up to verse 12 yesterday where Jesus is really teaching to the crowd, giving this extreme warning about the scribes and Pharisees, about the religious leaders, and, and how they really have taken advantage. They're really more about themselves than they are about others. They're more about creating their own laws and following God's word. Uh, In this situation, we're going to see a list of where Jesus just comes back and calls them hypocrites, and it's very straightforward. Now, it's e. It's great, and look at this when you see. And, and I'll be the first to say when you see somebody abusing their position and uh, not doing what God's asked them to do, I'm the first to say they, you know, they they should receive the criticism. It's part of the job description in Scripture that is given to those who hold positions of religious leadership uh, that we should be above reproach, that we should be the servants, that we should be loving other people. Uh, it's part of that job description uh, to the best of our abilities as a church. We're trying to do that. Not perfect. Um, not without flaw, but striving our best. Uh, but what? When the, but when you see this, when you see someone wrong, I point it out. Now, it's pointing out your expectation and God's expectation. This is fighting against God's expectation. So let's go to verse 13, and Jesus is speaking. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! If you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for your neighbor, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So what is he talking about there? Well, obviously, the true plan of salvation, the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, he is fulfilled prophecy that is seen. The scribes and Pharisees know that better than anybody. They know the Old Testament. They have an immense amount, of now, immense amount of knowledge about what's taking place, and it would be obvious that Jesus fulfills the prophecies in that knowledge, and so they have that. So they should know, but what they've done is instead of embracing Jesus, embracing the Messiah, telling people about the coming kingdom, which they know would come, uh, they have chosen to go against it. And so doing that, they're using religion to to block people from finding truth. Now, please understand, these are not atheists. These are not people who are not religious. These are the religious leaders of the day, and yet they know themselves are doing everything they can to fight to make sure that nobody else can find. They're using religion to block people from finding Jesus. And dare I say, that is one of Satan's greatest tools still to this day in 2023 is religion. Religion is one of Satan's greatest tools to keep people out of heaven. Let me put it this way. Satan wants you to be immensely religious, but yet without Jesus. And most of the religions, now when I say religion, I don't mean the practices and the obediences of the Word of God. I mean the idea that man has created a list of rules and regulations for you to follow, and if you follow them enough, then just maybe you'll be good enough to get into heaven. If your good outweighs your bad, you get to heaven. That's religion. That's wrong. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus. Now, please understand, in a relationship with Jesus, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We talked about that. You should be obedience to him. We've talked about that. Uh, but this is a relationship. I live in obedience, not of out, of out of obligation, hoping to earn heaven. I live in obedience because I love the God who's given me salvation and who's offered me heaven. There's a big difference in those two. Uh, But these guys were using religion to 
fight that and to hide people so even their followers were not able to make it. Then he goes on further and he says, verse 14, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. There's two things he says here. One, they devour widows', widows houses. What, what would happen? And you remember we've mentioned before that in the Middle Eastern culture, uh, and especially in this day, still true in many of the parts there, but today a woman needed a, a man um, to be able to take care of their affairs. So what would happen is the church, would, when, when it became a widow, the church would say, well, give us the land and we will help you deal with your affairs. Well, they would take it, and that was a valid way to deal with it in those days, but they did it, then they would abuse it, and they would use it for their own gain. They didn't actually help the widow. They didn't do right. But And then you just think about the abusive power that that was happening in that situation. And then they talk about a pretense of long prayers. They try to impress people with their flowery prayer. Uh, we should just be honest before God, it was very obvious. He's because they were in a position, they know the truth, they will receive a greater condemnation. And by the way, more than likely, they're not getting to heaven, as already said, greater condemnation in hell. These religious leaders, greater condemnation in hell. Verse 15, he continues, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. When he's one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. They, they go across to gain one person. They lie to him. They're teaching the wrong thing, pointing him in the wrong direction. Verse 16, woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater? The gold of the temple that sanctifies the gold. And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. Whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. And who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. He who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and him who sits on it. Now, basically what they were saying, they were really turning into swears, kind of making your commitments, making your promises. They were kind of making the temple, the, the, it wasn't the temple, it was the gold. And, and it, they were just twisting the way it should be. Here's a simple principle. When we make a commitment to God, we should follow it. If we promise, if we make a commitment to man, to God, we should be people of our words and we should follow it. That's really what it does. So if we say, Lord, I'm going to strive to make this decision. It's never one of those, God, I'll, I'll do this if you get me out of the circumstance or if you provide this money, if you do this. This is what we do a lot of time. Lord, if you give me something and then in turn, I will do this or I will provide or I will follow you or I will do that. We bargain, we barter with God based upon God doing for us. What we need to do is step out in obedience. Lord, we're going to follow you, we're going to obey, we're going to do this and to the best of our ability. We're not perfect, but if we've made a commitment, we should strive our best to do that. Let me just give you thoughts, commitments in marriage, commitments in the home, commitments in our walk with God. Uh, we say, I'm going to commit to work at church, we're going to be engaged in it. We should just be men and women of our word. Um, and they were just twisting that. Now, here's the point. It's not a commitment. I, you know, I, I made a commitment at the altar or, or at that building. It really comes down to the man who this is surrounded by, Jesus. We're not committing to a church building. You're not committing to a preacher. You're not committing to an elder board or to a group of, group of leaders. You're committing to God. So realize that that's one who we should be setting our commitments to, to that's the one we should be honoring. And it really has nothing to do with men and women in the church. It has everything to do with Jesus 
with God, and that's what we should be talking about, men and women of our word. Now, we're going to stop there for today as we pick up, because the next phrase I'm going to take a little more time on, because there's some interesting points, especially in the practical side. I've seen us a lot. So uh, Monday morning, join us as we continue uh, to walk through Jesus's lesson about false prophets and false teachers and what we can see. And now we can make sure we don't fall in to these same same descriptions. Again, thanks for joining us throughout this week and for today. We look forward to seeing you again on Monday.